Welcome to Sweet Spot, where hoteliers check in and we check out what's trending in hotel marketing. I'm your host, Ryan Embry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Sweet Spot. This is your host, as always, Ryan Embry. Thank you so much for joining us today. Wherever you're listening from or viewing us from on our YouTube page, we are here in our content creation studio at Travel Media Group headquarters just north of Orlando. And I am here with a very familiar guest and voice, Mr. Jason Lee, our Chief Technology Officer at Travel Media Group. Jason, welcome back to The Sweet Spot. Thank you for having me. We got a a very exciting episode for you today. We are getting geared up. Memorial Day just passed. We saw the record-breaking numbers pre-pandemic levels of travel. I'm sure a lot of hotel listeners are very excited to hear that. It's looking like it's going to be an even bigger summer, which we're going to talk about. But today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at all of that feedback that guests left us over this spring. And hopefully what this is going to do is give us some insights um, and some takeaways that we can use in these summer months to potentially leverage our marketing and increase our chance of conversion, which is what every hotel hotelier should be doing. Since this is a sales and marketing podcast, uh, we love to do that for you. But Jason, take us through first, what is this data that we're seeing? And why is it more accurate than let's say a survey of just like a thousand travelers? So what we do is we use natural language processing to pull out like key pieces of information. So it's traveler sentiment. So how they're feeling about these various items. So you could have people that are both happy and upset in the same review um, based on categories. Uh, so so we start this we start this whole thing with categories. So we look at a bunch of different tags inside of room category, inside of a facilities category, inside of a service category. And then further past that, we look at the various aspects of those tags. So I'll just give you an example. So an example would be a room, it would be bed, right? So room would be the category, the tag would be bed. The aspects of that tag would be sheets, pillows, sleep quality. It could be all of these other pieces so that, yeah, that make up this stuff. And so, so we extract that data from each uh, review that comes in, regardless of, so completely agnostic of the rating of the review, just looking at the actual information that comes from the text. Yeah. And that's something that, that we preach to our hotel partners is just because you have a five-star review or a one-star review on the other side, doesn't mean there's both positive, neutral, and negative elements to that review. Absolutely. And what this is doing, and this is pulling out all of that sentiment, it's over a lot of data, which we're going to share in a, a second, these incredible numbers. And then what we're doing here is trying to extrapolate that data, trying to find some trends, patterns, and insights uh, that you, the hotel listener, can potentially use. So give us some of those numbers. I mean, again, we're not just talking about a thousand travelers. We're talking about every public review online and the feedback within that. That's gotta yeah. be that's gotta be a huge amount. Yeah. So so you're talking about a little over sixty thousand hotels and all of their reviews. So in in those last three months, we're just a little over three million reviews that came in from that. And then from those, about seven and a half million individual pieces of sentiment. Just in the spring, which is yes. is absolutely uh, incredible to think about and very curious to see what those numbers might look like as we get into the busy travel season. But what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about some of those patterns and trends, right? And I think, first of all, it's very fascinating that you said 3 million reviews, 7 million tags, right? Uh, because that... that looks like kind of like a two to one ratio as far as the aspects. But one of the places that you found 
has a little bit more of those elements is the first place we're gonna talk about TripAdvisor. And 64 of review sentiment on TripAdvisor uh, was positive. Now, this was the most positive out of the big four, as we like to call it, right? Google, yeah. Booking, Expedia, and TripAdvisor. Those are, those are the, your main uh, review online sites. But TripAdvisor is still, I would say, one of the most trusted places for for guest feedback online. Absolutely. And I and I think we see that we see a high number of individual sentiment pieces per review because of the character limitation or the character limit that they impose on the traveler. So you have to meet a minimum number of characters. So you're always going to have a longer review on TripAdvisor. And so there's just more data to look at, more text to look at. But on the same note, even though it has more sentiment per review, they have the least amount of total sentiment because, or one of the lowest at 18% because of just the quantities of reviews that come in for TripAdvisor are much lower. Yes. So you compare that at 33, uh, you know, almost 34% for booking.com uh, in the same, you know, in the same thing, which is like, there's a, that's a pretty big you know, change in, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, and, but it also has to do with the difference between soliciting a review that booking.com does with each guest and just sort of waiting for reviews to come in with TripAdvisor where, where you sort of just get them as they come. Um, and we're seeing really low numbers, you, you know, in, in, in total reviews. So this isn't even sense sentiment. It's at 18% in total reviews. TripAdvisor is, you know, just above 11%. Yeah. And it's those hoteliers that, that proactively have a strategy to get more, generate more feedback on TripAdvisor, we just talked about it. We still feel as travelers, TripAdvisor, if you want the most accurate information, and it really is in correlation with that customer account. TripAdvisor has made it known that they're not looking for volume of reviews. They're right. looking for quality of reviews. They want that they want to be the most trusted site out there. So hoteliers that have a proactive strategy to get more reviews on TripAdvisor uh, is really going to serve them in the long run. And seeing something like this, you would think Going to TripAdvisor, a lot of hoteliers think, well, that's just a place, a space where these guests complain. Yeah. But in seeing this data, there's actually, this is the, the highest percentage of positive feedback. Yeah. What I would say to a hotelier there is if you're not seeing that positive sentiment on TripAdvisor, look out because on your other sites, you might be in trouble. Yeah. I, and I think what's interesting, again, is it TripAdvisor again? Is sort of this open text box. So it's like, give me, give me the experience. Tell yeah. me what, tell me what happened, and give me as much detail as possible. Where you look at Booking.com, where I'm asking you for this feedback, but I'm also asking for both sides of the feedback. With Booking.com, I'm asking you for the positive aspects of your stay, and I'm also asking for the negative aspects of your stay. So when you look at the Booking.com data, you're looking at like almost a 50-50 between positive sentiment and neutral negative. Yeah. So, so it's a very interesting thing, and it's one of the only sites that has that where where you see that that kind of like the polarity, uh, you know, by review. Yeah. It's interesting. We, we use the analogy a lot of, you know, imagining asking that guest across the front desk at checkout, you know, how was your experience in that their answer being that same thing that you're reading on a review site. And I don't know if a lot of hoteliers are asking that follow-up if they're like, I had a great stay, you know, saying, Hey, but what did you not like about right. this hotel? Definitely some uh, some interesting insights asking that question. But, but I also feel like that's where sentiment data is the most important. Yes, because you look at a ten out of ten, like you said earlier, you could have a you could have a high rating, but the the data might not show that. So, and it's not even it's a you know you obviously you want high high rated review, but on Booking.com routinely you see 
you know, a 10 out of 10 or a nine out of 10, but there is something negative mentioned. Mm -hmm. So, so it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't look like what sentiment looks like at a 50, 50. Definitely fascinating stuff. Now let's get into the tags, right? Because we talked about where guests are leaving the feedback. What are they actually talking about? Um, and the second most talked about sentiment topic that we analyzed over 25 different aspects. Number one was accommodations, right? What, what do we, what do we do in hotels, right? We provide accommodations and lodging for, for our guests. I don't know if that one's ever going to change and not and be knocked off. But number two was staffing. And this is so interesting because we are still feeling the impacts of these headwinds when it comes to really the staffing crisis that we're having in hospitality right now. So what does this tell you that this is being the second most talked about topic on online review sites? You know, I think it's, I think it's just people experiencing, you know, other people. So, I don't, and it's not necessarily deficits in staffing, you know, it's, it's coming in at 70% positive mm -hmm. um, on, on sentiment. So it's, it's about their experiences they're having with staff. But I also think it's sort of people traveling for the first time. I, I like you, like you were saying, I think it's still, we're still kind of in post pandemic. I know everybody hates to think of it that way. But if you think of it from a traveler's perspective, there's still travelers coming and traveling for the first time and experiencing things that are very different now than they were before. And that could be that now all of a sudden, I'm, I'm being asked if I if I want to have maid service, or if I do, um, I need to request it daily, you know, so I have something very different going on with my relationship with the front desk, possibly. But I also think that, you know, during the, the staffing shortage, they've economized a bunch of different things like checking in, you know, so various aspects of the stay are now could be automated. And so that also presents a different experience with staff. And that's a hot topic right now, right? Like, what are we seeing in our industry, all the articles being written, it's all about chat GPT technology, still integrating into the guest experience at a hotel. But the data shows us right now that the second most talked about is still staff. This yeah. is a people serving people industry. This is what the core of it is. Yes, there might be some really cool innovations that we're doing with implementing mobile check-in and more people more than ever are taking uh, advantage of this technology. But at the end of the day, what are they talking about? They're talking about the staff. I think it's very important and critical to keep in mind when you're listening to this of how you handle your staff, how you're recruiting. It's still having a major, major impact on the guest experience right now. Definitely. Let's get into number three. This was cleanliness. Cleanliness was mentioned positively 77% of the time. This is the highest percentage of any topic analyzed. Now, for me, this shows me over the last couple of years, we had to take so much time, effort, and investment into our cleanliness protocols to make sure that our guests felt safe about travel, yep. that they had peace of mind when coming out of their homes, out into, you know, this, this post-pandemic world, this is paying off either, you know, the, these, the expectations have changed around cleanliness or uh, the protocols in place or the investments that we've put in have been sticking around because this is a great stat to see that people are still feeling like the hotel experience is more than not very clean. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a fantastic stat and really happy to see it. I, I think one thing that's very interesting about this stat is that while you do have one of the highest positive sentiments, it is the lowest in neutral. So there's not a lot of people that are, are you know, ambivalent about cleanliness. Yeah. So, so it's either clean or it's not clean. And so what's interesting about that is that because it's, there's less neutral, it actually does push up negative. So if you are having cleanliness issues, I think guests are definitely calling you out on it. Yeah. So keeping an eye on that. And even if you're, if you're at a hotel and 70% of your guests think that it's clean, 
right? Yeah. <laughs> and 30% don't. That's still a massive disparity and, and you know, and where you need to really look at it. That's um, a big number. Yeah. yeah. And it can certainly do some damage to, to your online reputation. I, and I would say to the individual hotelier, I know we're talking in these macro data points, patterns, and trends, but on an individual standpoint, if you're sitting there and you're saying, you know, I've got cleanliness issues in the springtime right now, we're going to get busier and busier as we get into the summer. And the overall what the data is saying that cleanliness is more often than not, not an issue. So yeah. if you're seeing individual cleanliness issues and you're kind of blanketing and saying, well, everyone's got cleanliness issues right now, the data is not showing that and it could be hurting your business and costing you bookings. Absolutely. And I think the important thing with cleanliness to look at too, while you're looking at sentiment, because cleanliness is an interesting topic because uh, when you have high sentiment in cleanliness, but maybe lower sentiment in bathroom. So these are really interesting spaces. The bathroom is, the, is one of those spaces that constantly gets called out. Yes. And this, our sentiment data shows that as well, where it, it actually has more negative than positive. Yeah. So um, so when mentioning bathroom, it's mentioned negatively uh, a lot of the time. But that could be cleanliness. That could be other stuff. Yeah. I mean, the expectation there is a whole nother level of cleanliness, yes. right? You know, somebody might be able to forgive you if, you're, if your lobby has a little sand in it, if you're a beach hotel. Yeah. Uh, but if, if that's found in a bathroom, that's a completely different ballgame. And I think it's about setting those expectations up front, understanding where those opportunities are at your hotel and making sure that there are these little issues are solved before they come into bigger problems. 100%. We've seen on the other side where that this can get out of control and do some real damage to your online reputation. Let's move on to another topic. This one was so fascinating to me. We have done, this is our second edition of the Spring Guest Sentiment Report. We did one last year. And if you want to get all of this data, it is for free. It is on our website at travelmediagroup.com. We provide this every single season for our hoteliers out there. But this one we've never talked about before. And I can see doing future episodes, this being more and more of a topic that we're going to be talking about. It's going to start jumping up, talking about Wi-Fi and internet. Now, the interesting pattern here that we saw in this data is there's actually a two to one ratio of negative to positive sentiment when Wi-Fi and internet is mentioned. This could be presenting a big problem for hotels right now because yep. Wi-Fi is just getting more prevalent. It's, it's not getting less used. Right. And I think it's the need by the traveler. So, you know, before I think you could have a business traveler, they show up, they, they connect their laptop, they check, a, they check their emails and they're good to go. Now you have possibly the same person that wants to connect their tablet, uh, they want to connect their laptop. They want to connect their phone. They're definitely streaming. They're probably not watching your television. And then, and then you, and now you have even further uh, when you get into families traveling, where you have everybody has screens. Yeah. So the amount of screens that are out there that need Wi-Fi access is only growing. And so I think Wi-Fi quality is a huge thing. But I, but I also feel like it all comes down also comes down to expectations as well. So if you have Wi-Fi that is having issues, maybe letting people know something stream slower or maybe consider taking the gatekeeper off of your Wi-Fi. Uh, I know I've experienced that where I come in and I connect into into the free Wi-Fi and I'm offered a better Wi-Fi and then the free Wi-Fi is not great but the amenity list shows it as free Wi-Fi. Yeah. Right. So if you have free Wi-Fi that isn't strong enough for people to stream or free Wi-Fi that's not strong enough for yeah. multiple devices inside of a room then you probably are going to have consistent guest issue. And I've had a lot of industry experts on this podcast over the last couple of months. And where have they said the opportunity has been? These work from home, you know, they hate the term leisure, but that's what they are, yeah. right? They're, they're traveling with their families. Maybe they're hybrid. 
They only come into the office a couple days. They're going to take their summer vacation a couple days early and stay a couple days late. But if they're seeing that your hotel has connectivity issues, Wi-Fi issues constantly, that's costing you business. Yeah. And that new type of traveler, that new age traveler that everyone is on the lookout for to fill those off nights, now all of a sudden they're they're staying with your competitor across the street. Uh, but it is about setting those expectations. You brought it up before. It's not just about the, the in-room experience. It's also all around the property and yeah. how frustrating that can be because we're becoming a more connected world and not less connected. So Wi-Fi, very important. If you're a hotel, you're listening to this and hasn't come up, the trends are certainly showing it's on the rise right now. Yeah. And I agree. I think all around the property is really important. You know, I'm in my, I'm in my room, but like you're saying, I might be here for business and leisure. So I might have a meeting in the lobby and I go yeah. down there and I, I want to connect up uh, and, and, and have a meeting and I'm not able to do that or there's some sort of limitation. Yeah. They, the business center is becoming, yeah. I guess, less of a, less of a place and, and yeah. they, they want the whole hotel to be your business center now. That's a great point for marketing too, because we do a lot of social media and marketing marketing for hotels and, and we see that we see a business center. I still see fax and copy service. Yes. You know, on, on a on a thing. I'm like, who's faxing and copying? Where <laughs> you know, who who needs all this stuff? But I think, but knowing what amenities are important, setting the expectation for those is really that's the secret, you know, to to getting more guests and being able to take share from your competitor and be a stronger force inside of your market. And I think that's really what sentiment analysis comes down to. It's it's really analyzing your strengths and weaknesses and seeing kind of where where things are at, but also be like, how do I mitigate that? How do I, how do I make the most out of what I have? Because you might be in a situation where you have an older hotel and you just can't, your Wi-Fi signal is what it is, yeah. you know, and you know, you've had engineers out and you're trying to figure it out. But if I understand it and I know it, I can set an expectation. I can try to mitigate that damage as much as I can, but also I can accentuate the other pieces of my property that might be important to a traveler. Absolutely. And providing alternatives is something huge for a hotel, maybe like that, that says, Hey, listen, we've got Wi-Fi, but if you need it, there's actually a Starbucks across the street that can potentially uh, serve as a place where you can yeah. do your work there and promoting that on places like social media and review response as yeah. well. So I've also stayed at hotels that have had, you know, strong 5G, you know, for from my carrier. Yes. You know, and, and that's also been nice. So. I mean, it's something, it's something to promote, like you said, to market. It, it, it's, I don't think there's a lot of people that think, oh, I'm going to do a social media post about my Wi-Fi or connectivity, right. but it's what people are talking about. It's what people are looking for in the expectations there. Yeah. Uh, so you want to make sure that you're putting yourself in the best position to capture travel. You definitely could do a social media post on, on streaming hundred yep. percent, you know, so, you know, continue binging your favorite show while staying at, staying at our hotel. I think that those are yep. important stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's a that's a great point. So as we move into our final and and last kind of pattern and trend here, this one also think had some kind of ramifications from the last couple of years and, and the impact that COVID had. Hotel breakfast. We did this episode a couple of years ago, and this was one of the most negative spaces was guests talking about breakfast. And I think it came down to hotels really didn't know what they were doing with their hotel breakfast. And the guests didn't have an expectation of what to expect. They came to some parts of the country where they were told to just get up to their room and, and there wasn't going to be breakfast served. Other parts were we tried to adapt with some grab and go. And then other hotels were serving their fact to breakfast buffets. Yeah. I feel like now things have kind of settled in. Hoteliers recognize this as an opportunity to set expectations. And we see that here with the stat where it says hotel breakfast was only mentioned negatively to 
two out of every 10 mentions. So if you think about that, 10 reviews, only two of them are talking about breakfast negatively. I think that's a great accomplishment for this industry. No, I absolutely agree. I think there's a lot of data to unpack in breakfast. And, and it's interesting because we, on the review response side, it's something that we, it's an opportunity for us to define it. And, and because breakfast is so, I guess, ambiguous. So I offer a free breakfast and is that like a mini muffin and a cup of coffee, you know, or is that waffles and sausage and, and eggs? So the definition of breakfast, of free breakfast or breakfast included is really out there. I think a, a lot of the negativity that we see on the breakfast side comes from the lack of expectation. And that could also be both things, both sides of that. So a full service property that says that they have breakfast that's not defined free, I think it's important to define it that it is not free. Great point. You know, and so there so the expectation that I'm coming down to a free breakfast and now it's a $20 breakfast is something that could be a, a big detractor. But on the same note, I have a free breakfast, I come down to that breakfast and it's not what I want. But I also understand, and I know there's hoteliers listening to this right now because I've been in the same point, it is very difficult to please people. The bananas yes. aren't ripe enough. This isn't my brand of yogurt or whatever. <laughs> like yeah. It's like people have the stuff that they want and they have some kind of like, they're always going to have a comment about it. But like you've said, I guess we've talked about this in this episode many times, it's setting the expectation, making sure that that you have at least, they understand it's not just the hours. It's not just, hey, breakfast starts at 6 a.m. It's here's the stuff in the breakfast. Yes. Here's what you can expect. Yeah, absolutely. And we understand that preference, that you're not going to please everyone. A hard and a soft bed, right, is, yeah. is going to please two different people. But I think a good review response in talking about, you know, we're sorry this wasn't to your preference. This is what we host in our morning breakfast is a great response because now all of a sudden, I understand as a prospective traveler that, oh, they didn't like banana muffins, but I, I happen to enjoy them. And yeah. I know what to expect. Kind of blunts that shock when they get there and they find themselves in that situation. Because yeah. I hate to say it, but we're we're very, um, just a society, very pessimistic about like, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen if I go to this hotel? Right. So we're constantly, even if we see 10 five-star reviews, we might look for that negative piece of feedback just to say, okay, what are people negatively saying about this? This right. can't be a perfect hotel, <laughs> right? And, and that's where we need to be able to have a perfect response to that negative review because it can show things like I'm able to handle issues or this is a preference. This is why this type of feedback was left. So I think that's an important, it's such an important, what you just said is so important important because I think it goes to if you have defined what you're doing, right? There's no need to apologize. If a guest doesn't like what what it is that you're serving, they don't like waffles or whatever, you, you don't have to apologize for that. It's, it's another time to double down on your definition of breakfast. That's an important thing of probably anything you have with your hotel. Just like you said, a hard bed is, is bad and good for two different types of guests. But ultimately, I think it comes down to how do we, in general, how do we serve guests? How do, how do we create the best possible experience overall? And I leverage these different pieces of data to do that, knowing that I'm not going to please everybody, but also knowing that every opportunity is a chance for service recovery. It's a chance to, to bond with that guest and, and, and get them on our side. But also, I think every opportunity from the written standpoint publicly yes. is, a, is an opportunity to inform other guests. What you just explained is what we're doing, again, on a macro level. And this is what every hotelier that really cares about their property and what guests are saying should do on, a, on an individual property level and say, listen, I just heard Jason and Ryan talk about these five trends that are, are happening across the US 60,000 hotels. Yeah. What are the top five trends as I go into the summer that I need to work on? Because again, as we get into a busy time, these issues 
are going to become problems and the things that people love about your property, you have more eyes than ever looking at your property right now. You need to be really making some noise about those things. I, I totally agree. And I, I would say, like, you know, kind of as my final thought on sentiment, and, yes. I, and I don't want to just keep hammering this down, but take a look at this data. And, and you know, one of the things that's interesting about sentiment is that this isn't just one review. And like in this case, we're talking about three months worth of reviews, but you can look at the last year on most platforms. You can see kind of a trend line for these various aspects. Be real with yourself. If you're like all guests complain, if this is where you're at, all guests complain. Any guest that complains, they're a complainer. Yes. right? There's, there's no validity to their complaint. Look at the trend. If that trend is a persistent trend, there is more than validity to their complaint. It is a issue at your property that is affecting lots of guests. And if you look at it from, from a number standpoint, it could be hundreds of thousands of dollars in room revenue that you're losing just by these various things. So looking at these things, so I know it's like there's pain in it because you don't want to think that your room has a smell issue. But if you have multiple guests saying your room has a smell issue, then you've got to fix it. You've got to figure out what it is and fix it. I know it's tough. It can be tough, especially you know when you're putting out fires and you're doing all the other things at a hotel. And I've been in that position and I understand like the dilemma there. But ultimately, what this stuff does and, and where this data, where you can really leverage this data beyond the marketing is in if you fix the stay, if you improve guest experience, if you can improve it by 10%, 20%, all of these numbers get better. And once that happens, all the rest of your numbers get better. Your conversion gets higher because your reviews are better. Your online presence, there's more positive sentiment on social media about you. There's all of those things that are positive all come from guest experience. They all come from the root of where all this data comes from. As we wrap up this episode, I think you know what's, what speaks volumes to that is when we do these consultations with hotels, when I've talked to these hoteliers, a lot of times when I bring them to a, a TripAdvisor page or a Google page and I'll show them a review, they'll have a response to why that negative review is, yeah. is not the case or is, or is invalid. But when I bring them to performance over time and I show them a specific topic, they have a completely different reason. And they say, yeah, you know, our breakfast has been really tough lately. And instead of justifying kind of that one individual and what happened in their, their case, they're accepting it more and more as they see it across the spectrum. Yeah. And that's what this does for you. That's that's why this is so powerful. And if you're a listener out there, like I said, this is all provided for you on our website at travelmediagroup.com. But if you want to look at your hotel individually, call us up. We can do this. We can pull this information. Jason and his team has developed a tool to do just that for you. And we can talk through some of this stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Super fascinating. I feel like we could stay on this, this episode for an hour, but we'll have to stop it here. But we will get you back here for the summer. And I would imagine those numbers are going to be blown out of the water. We are in for a huge summer. Very excited to see uh, those numbers. And uh, want to thank Jason for joining me on The Sweet Spot Thanks. once again. Awesome. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next time on The Sweet Spot. To join our loyalty program, be sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Sweet Spot is produced by Travel Media Group. Our editor is Brandon Bell with cover art by Barry Gordon. I'm your host, Ryan Embry, and we hope you enjoyed your stay.